0: Good morning once again, kids. Sorry, force of habit, my fault. All right, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. We'll make it work. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for jumping on uh, this live stream with us. If you uh, open up to uh, John 15, John 15 is where we're going to be this morning. And Getting yourself uh, opened up and getting yourself comfortable. I'd like to thank um, our elders. Uh, Wayne and Dave and Daniel uh, for their strength, for their I don't have to do this on my own and and just for uh, the unity amongst us that uh, in how to move forward and how to best figure out how to do this new season that we are in together Um, I'm so thankful for each of them And uh, they—they are just a huge blessing to me. So, so gentlemen, thank you very much, and Daniel especially, thank you for coming uh, and making sure uh, we have some some music. Because I promise, if I was the one singing, we'd need a lot more social distancing than we're doing. I said it last week. We are in a weird, strange kind of time. It is a little different, and uh, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for the willingness and the flexibility of everyone who calls this place home. Uh, to kind of just go with the flow as we find what this new rhythm of this new season is going to look like. Uh, because this is not that normal, right? I mean, it's kind of normal for me. I come in on Saturday nights and I preach to an empty room, so this is not a big deal. For like, it's weird here. Uh, in general, this is and it's going to take a little getting used to, and that's, that's okay, because um, this is not the norm. This is not the usual. Things seem to be changing. But even with that, our God has not changed. Our God will not change. And, you know, historically, it, is, it has been in times of, in times of uh, hardship and confusion that the Christians, that the church, has had the opportunity to rise up and be a source of peace and hope and light, shining brightly, pointing people to Christ. And I believe where that is no exception. That this is an opportunity for the church, the Big C Church, to. Step up and be a voice of peace and comfort in this world. You know, I've myself in this last even in this last week, this, this idea of we just gotta get through this. We just gotta survive. We just gotta get to tomorrow. We just gotta get through it. will put our heads down, we'll we'll power through this. Um, like I said, I I've had that same thought myself. This is hard and confusing and isolating and pressing even there's this element of we endure we need to press on and get through, but it can't be just that alone. We are not made to merely just survive but to thrive. John 10:10 10, 10, Jesus says that they might have life and life abundantly in their cup overflowing, life to the fullest, and when he said that he didn't just mean pre-coronavirus he didn't just mean post-coronavirus he meant all the time even now life and life abundantly where does that come that it comes from being connected to Christ and so this morning uh, my name is my name is Ceres, where we're looking at the names of God. And we started uh, looking at some of the New Testament names, some of the names that are connected to Jesus. And so this morning, we're Christ calls himself in chapter 15 of John, the uh, vine. And as we look at this passage of scripture, um, organizing thoughts, I gave us three C words for us. We're going to look at the context, we're going to look at the characters, and then uh, we're going to look at the call. And the call is where we're going to the bulk of our time this morning. Um, as we're going through this uh, time, uh, um, maybe do some of these as we're watching these things together. Maybe try and watch it with somebody. I try and find a way to do some watch parties. Um, you could also use uh, the hashtag CF at home uh, if you want to take a shot of yourself worshiping at home so we can kind of see how everybody's doing. you got to put on your nicer pajamas. Um, but we're going to do this together. So, um, it's a unique time. It's a unique time for us. We're still going to sing. We still sang to God. We're still going to pray. We're still going to open up His Word. And we're still going to worship the God who is in control of all things at all times. So let's pray. And then we're going to. We thank you. God, we thank you for this opportunity because we know you are good and you're good all the time. We're thankful that at times like this, that we can say you are our refuge and our fortress, that you are the God in whom we trust. Lord, we rest in the reality that you deliver us, you cover us with your shield of faithfulness. God, thank you for the promise that when we call on you, you will answer, that you will be a help in trouble, that you will rescue, that you will will be present with us. Lord, grant us wisdom, grant us peace, grant us unity, grant us boldness. Remind us that in times where we must be distant from each other physically, we need to be intentional to be connected to each other relationally. That this is a time for us to really be intentional about building the community of CF and building the community of the church and being voices of peace and voices of comfort in the midst of this. Lord, as I preach this morning, but the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorified all these things because of Jesus and in his name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in uh, John 15, verse 1. Uh, behind me, so you're going to need a Bible open. Um, so here we go, John 15. I am true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So, as I said, the characters um, and the call. I'm going to start with the give a little bit of an understanding of what we're talking about when we talk about the vine and Jesus calling himself the true vine, because throughout the Old Testament, it's used as an image of Israel. And most of the time, when you see that image of Israel referred to as the vine, it's used in a negative sense. It's used to show Israel failing, Israel rebelling against God. They aren't living up to is to bear fruit. And so Jesus comes on the scene here, and he says, I am the true vine. Israel, you were supposed to be this pointer. You were supposed to be the people of God who are going to bear fruit, who are going to act and look and be different, be completely dependent on God for everything they need, trusting in him, and you failed over and over and over and over. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. I am the one in complete connection with the Father, fully dependent and reliant on the perfect relationship of me to my Father. Jesus is saying these things that are happening, this failure, you were just a shadow, you were just a picture, you weren't the true vine, but I am the true vine. John 15 happens, Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples, this is post the Last Supper. This is after he has washed their feet. This is after he has already spent three years teaching them, revealing himself to the disciples, showing them what it means that the kingdom of God was breaking through. Like I said, he had just had the last supper with them, where he takes some bread and he takes some wine and gives it to them. And he uses this one more time. He sits there with them at this table and he takes bread and he breaks it and he says, my body's going to get broken for you. I want you to understand what's coming, and he takes the the cup of wine in in a very not social distancing kind of way. He takes it and he he blesses it and he passes it around. He says, as you drink from this cup, remember, this is my blood that is going to be spilt for you in a new covenant. Jesus, the master teacher, constantly trying to use things, constantly taking every moment he can to try and help his disciples understand what was coming. And so it is after all of that where now he talks about the vine and the branch, and as he does so, the clock is ticking. Every moment, they are one moment closer to when he is going to be arrested, beaten, and executed. They're getting closer and closer, minute by minute, to when he is So Jesus says, look, fellas, you're going to need to know this. You're going to need to know this. You're going to need to trust in this, that I am the vine and you are the branches. Because it's about to get a little wacky. It's about to get a little unsettling for you. It's about to get a little uncomfortable for you. I need you to know what it means that I am the vine and you are the branches and what it means to abide in me. Because for the disciples, their whole world is about to be turned down. And Jesus was trying to bring them comfort. Turned upside down and just like that. Amen, because Jesus is the can have comfort even in times of turmoil. And so that brings us, the, that sets up what Jesus is talking about. And I want to spend a little time talking about the characters, the different people that are, Jesus mentions here in this passage. We have three different groups spoken about here. Number one is the vine dresser we see in verse one. Jesus says, I am the true vine. We'll get to that. And He says, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. God the Father is the vine dresser. It goes on to say, as I, as I read, that he's going to prune the branches. Any branch that does not bear fruit, the vine dresser takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it would bear more fruit. The work of the vine dresser is making it is growth in the branches. You prune the healthy. You cut away that which is weaker, that which is maybe not as strong, not doing quite as well so that the healthy branches, the healthy areas, can not only produce fruit but bear more fruit, much fruit. And you get rid of the dead that is not bearing anything. You might say, connected to the vine, how how can someone be connected to Christ but not be bearing fruit, just be cut off and taken away? Well, at this point, as I said, Jesus is talking after the Last Supper. Jesus is speaking to 11 disciples, not 12. Why? Because Judas Iscariot has already bailed. He's already with the Roman guards, getting them ready to come and arrest Jesus. Judas was with Jesus for three years, and yet he wasn't truly abiding in Christ. There was no fruit there, no real growth there. Jesus is trying to show with this illustration that there are those who are going to claim they are with him. Those who are going to claim they're going to, that they are Christians, but if there is no fruit, the vine dresser will take care of that. Those who are growing but need some help, those who need growing some space, Christ wants to see you grow and thrive and bear much fruit, as we'll talk about in a little bit. Great amounts of fruit. To do that, the Father has to prune. He has to cut away the dead. He has to cut away the weak. He has to cut away the things that are encrouching on the growth. He will prune away the distractions. He will get rid of the distractions. Again, anybody know anything about distractions getting taken away? In the last few weeks, we have seen things, a lot of things, pruned from our lives. So now we're just sitting at home making up games, throwing a ball at the wall, and making up games to try and pass the time in some cases. As I said before, though, In this time right now, we are not called just merely to survive, but to thrive. We are not just running out the clock waiting for everything to go back to normal, but instead we are to take advantage of every day, take every thought captive, take every moment captive and step into it as an opportunity to be the light of the world God has made you to be. We have been given an opportunity here to bring peace, to engage not only with the world around us more in an intentional, different kind of way, but also to engage intentionally with our God, the God who made you and knows you and loves you. So I invite you and encourage you, take advantage of the pruning that is happening. You've been given space to grow, so step into that space. Now, we know growth and pruning, or as it says in verse 3, cleaning, when it says, already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Cleaning is another way of talking about pruning. He says, you are already made clean because it happens through the word of God. It is through the word of God that, we are, that pruning happens, that cleaning happens, that this transition happens. That means the means by which pruning or cleaning is done is by the word of God. Because the word of God condemns sin. It inspires holiness. It promotes growth. The disciples weren't perfect, but they knew truth and they were being pruned throughout their relationship with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you know truth. And that truth is pruning, is growing you, is making you more and more like him. And you can know it more, you can see more growth if you would get into the Word, if you will open up the Bible and let it do what it is made to do, convict and transform and encourage and bring about growth, bring about you having the ability to bear fruit. Are you looking for peace right now? Are you looking for comfort, direction, assurance, something firm to stand on, something trustworthy and helpful and meaningful? This is the living, breathing, active, real word of the creator of all existence. Do we treat it like that? Do we engage it like that? And so we see the vine dresser is doing a work to help us bear fruit. That's the first character person we see. The second one we see is the, the vine himself. Jesus. and we're going to come back to him throughout the rest of this time together. The vine himself is Jesus. He is the true vine, the better vine, the very source of life for the branches. We talked about that last week. We said that Jesus is the light and life. He is the very source of our zoe, of our being, of our essence. He gave us life because he was there in the beginning when things were created. He is the source of life. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We find our very beginning, our very source of existence in him. And the third character we see mentioned here in these first few verses are the branches. Us, the ones dependent upon the vine, the ones who need a source, who need an external source of life, because we can't do this on our own. We can't make ourselves out of nothing. We needed a creator. We needed someone to make, form, and shape us. We need someone to give us essence, to give us our life, and that's what God did. We are the branches dependent upon him. If you disconnect the branch from the vine, the branch withers and dies, not bearing any fruit, not doing the very thing it was made to do, to bear fruit, to produce more life, to be a blessing to others. That can't happen if the branch is disconnected from the vine. The branch needs the vine for life and to be able to do what it was made to do. You were made to glorify God. That's your objective in this life, to glorify God. That happens through abiding in Him. If we abide in Him, and that is what I'm going to want to spend the rest of our time talking about, this call on our lives, and one of those elements of the call on our lives is to abide in Him. If we would abide in Him, we will see growth, we will see fruit bearing. So we saw the, the context, we saw the characters, I want to spend, like I said, the, last, the rest of our time looking at the call, the call of our lives as Christians. And the first one is to abide. We see in verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This word abide is mentioned 10 times between verses 4 and verse 11. As you're reading the Bible, as you're studying the Bible, a a little trick, a little thing to note is as you're reading the Bible, anytime something is repeated, it's important. If it's repeated in close proximity to itself, it's really important, okay? So repetition in small proximity, big importance. This word abide shows up ten times in seven verses. Jesus is hammering this home. This word abide means to remain in, to stay in, to continue with, to dwell, to be, to endure in. We get abide. Remain, stay, dwell, we get it. All of these different, different definitions of abide, though, these are all keep doing it, right? Stay grounded, stay put, which means you got to start doing it. He is the vine, we are the branches, and we have to stay connected to him. But first, got to get connected to him. That happens through putting your faith in Christ. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone faith in his life, death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins. When you admit that you have sinned and you need a Savior. When you believe that Jesus is God in the flesh who came to earth to die on the cross in your place for you and you choose him to be your Lord and Savior of your life. That's how you get connected to the vine. And once you're connected, Jesus says, abide. Stay there. Stay connected. How do you stay connected? You get in the Word. You get in and read. You get in and study. You get in and know God deeper and better. Before everything happened, as we entered into the season of Lent, we uh, Amy Jocalone made a, a devotional for us focused on Luke 15, uh, the story of the prodigal son. And so every day there's a reading from that. Um, I will try and make that available online if you don't have a paper copy. Um, we also have. Uh, the reading plan online. If you go in churchinroscovillage.org and you go to the teaching section, there's a whole page dedicated. About three years ago, we did a, a two-year reading plan throughout the Bible, and that whole breakdown is still on our website. We did a sermon series on spiritual disciplines. All of those resources still on our website, leaving those up there, including how to study the Bible and, and tips and tricks for that. It's 2020. There are all kinds of resources online for you to be able to study the Bible, to help you get into the Word. Even with the many, many shutdowns that have happened, with everything kind of being put on hold for a while, you still have a screen to distract you. That screen can take you anywhere you want to go in 2020. And technology is a huge blessing in many, many ways. We're doing this right now because of technology. But I promise you, I promise you, and I'm sure some of you like me have experienced it, if you are not intentional with your time, you will lose yourself to mindless screen time. You have been given a chance. One day, I don't know when, but one day, this time, this social distancing, this staying at home order, all of these things will be in the past, it will be something we look back on. When you look back on that time, when you look back on this time right now, are you going to look back and say, man, I just killed a bunch of time streaming stuff on Netflix. I scrolled Instagram for hours upon hours. This is a time where you can grow. This is a time where you can take some steps that maybe you haven't had a chance to in the past. Now you can. And if reading the Bible is tough, if you're like, you know what, I just have trouble sitting and reading, Um, There's audio Bibles all over the place. I'm a big fan of Streetlights. It's an app you can download on your phone um, where they do reading of the Bible, but they put it to music, and they have a bunch of other resources on there. It's fantastic stuff. There's no reason you can't get in the Word. And distraction after distraction has been stripped away from us. You want to abide? You want to grow deeper in knowing Him? Get in His Word because He's speaking to you. Stay connected to him. Stay connected to him by getting in the word. Stay connected through prayer. I've told you guys often, I'm a big fan of journaling prayers, partially because it helps me just kind of process what I'm thinking, process my prayers, but also I like to be able to have a paper copy so I can go back and look at it and see how God moved, see how God answered those prayers. Be in prayer. Pray back scripture. Read scripture and pray it back to him. Prayer is half of the conversation, right? God speaks to us through scripture, we get to speak to him through prayer. You got questions, you got worries, you got fears, you got doubts. Instead of complaining about those things online, take those to God. A regular prayer of mine this week has just been, God, what are you doing? God, what's the plan here? And he hasn't given me an answer yet. If he does, I will be sure to tell you. But that's an okay prayer, that's a good prayer. That's an honest prayer. Prayers keep you connected to him. Prayers help you abide. Abide, dwell in, rest in, choose to be connected to him. Abide in him. Jesus pushes hard on this point, and I want you to get it. Abide. Not only is it good and life-giving for you, but none of the rest of the call, none of the rest of what he talks about in this passage can happen unless you are abiding. You can't do it on your own, only through your relationship with Jesus. That's why abide is so important. We said earlier, Jesus is telling this to his disciples just hours before he is arrested. And he does so as a means to comfort them. The idea of abiding in Christ was a comfort to them. And it should be for us as well because of the character and work of God. He is good. He's faithful. And he's holy. And righteous and powerful he is peace he is trustworthy he is so much more even than that but because of all that he is because of all of who he is we can dwell we can rest we can remain in him for our source of life for our hope for our protection for our assurance because of who he is it is through your abiding in him that you can then bear fruit and that's the second call that we see as we are called to bear fruit We see it in verses 4 and verse 5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. A branch can't bear fruit if it isn't connected to the vine. Neither can you if you aren't connected to Jesus. And we see in verse 5, he says, not only are you going to bear fruit, he says you will bear much fruit. If you are connected to Jesus, if you are a son or daughter of God, you will bear fruit. Those things go hand in hand, but the amount and quality can vary. So what is fruit? What is it that we're talking about when we talk about bearing fruit? Fruit is talked about in a lot of different places in the New Testament. In Romans 1, Paul connects evangelism to fruit-bearing, to being part of someone coming to know Christ as their Savior. He he equates that to fruit-bearing, to the harvest. Later on in Romans 6, Paul writes about growing in holiness and obedience as being an example of fruit-bearing. Even when we give, even when we tithe, that's that's an element of fruit-bearing. There are the verses in Galatians 5 that focus on the fruit of the Spirit, The manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, to bear fruit is to allow the life that you receive from Christ to express itself in and through your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Really, we're talking about your Christ likeness. How are you representing Christ to the world? How are you growing in being more and more like Christ? Specifically, then, this is talking a lot about the engagement with people in our lives. Jesus kind of focuses in on the idea and the concept of love. Check out verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Abide in the love of Christ. Dwell in it. Rest in it. Be grounded in it. Embrace it. Experience it. And Jesus says, if you keep his commandments, you will abide in his love. You will dwell in his love. Well, what commandments? We didn't read it, but if you keep reading after verse 11, verse 12, he tells you straight up, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's to love. To bear fruit is to love one another. It's to love like Christ loves, sacrificially unconditionally when asked in another passage what is the greatest commandment jesus says to love god with your whole heart soul and mind and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself love god love people to bear fruit is to pursue these things relationship with god then your abiding in him will bring about the fruit of loving others See, this is why abiding is so important, because we can't do this alone. We need to be connected to Christ to be able to follow the command to love others. It's possible to be connected to him, but not be producing as much fruit as you could be. That's why we saw in verse 5, he talks about, because we are called to bear much fruit. Not just fruit. Jesus says, I want you bearing much fruit. And so the vine dresser will prune. He will take away the distractions. He will give us the room to grow and flourish into the fruit-producing branches that we have been made to be. Again, we've already talked about it. God has pruned some stuff on a very large scale in our lives. He's turned down some of the noise, so hopefully we can hear him a little bit clearer. But there's more pruning that God wants to do in you and in me. He's already been showing me some areas in my life where he wants to make some room, where he says it's, it's time to cut away some of these distractions to him. It's time for you to grow in some of these areas because you're producing fruit, but not as much fruit as you could be. There are some places he wants to prune to let me grow. If we trust and abide in Christ, he will use us because you're made to bear fruit. So even now, as we are socially distant, that doesn't mean we have to be socially disconnected. Just because things are different than even how they were a week ago, that doesn't mean we don't show love to others. If anything, this is a chance for us. You can go through your phone. Who needs a text? Who needs a check-in? Who haven't you touched base with in a long, long time? Who, if it was, roles were reversed, if, if that person texted you and their name popped up in your phone and you saw it and said, woo, I haven't talked to them in a long, long time. Who can you do that to? Who in your phone is somebody maybe you just haven't touched base with in a long, long time? Who needs a check-in? Who needs to just hear, hey, how are you? How are you doing with this? Do you need anything? And let me put this on the other end of it because if somebody does that for you, if somebody says, hey, how are you? Do you need anything? Let them. If you need something, let them help you. Let them actually give them the opportunity for them to bear some fruit and serve you. Because you're giving them the opportunity to grow in their servanthood. Check in on each other. We've got to stay connected, and technology allows us to do that through some different ways. We're going to do a, a, a group prayer call conference call kind of thing this week. We're doing some some Google Hangouts and small groups. We're trying some different ways to use technology, leverage it to be able to connect with one another. Maybe this is a good time to write some letters. Who doesn't love getting mail? Find some ways to be intentional with the people in your world. Don't let them just fall to the wayside, but be connected to one another. I believe God is going to do and is doing a whole lot through this situation. And I think one of the many things he's going to do is he's going to cause the Big C Church to really evaluate how are we at being the church. Are we actually his hands and feet as we claim to be? Are we actually the living stones that it says in 1 Peter? Are we living as the lights of the the world, shining brightly, pointing people to Christ? Are we actually doing these things? Because this might be a time where we evaluate ourselves as a church and say there's some areas we can grow in and now we got some opportunities and some intentionality to be able to do that I promise you if you are a believer if you have put your faith in Christ God has something for you in this season he will use you if you are willing to be used he will help you to bear much fruit even now in this season we can bear fruit but we can't do it apart from Jesus Look at verse 8 with me. Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. When you bear fruit, when you are loving and serving others, when you are living into growing and becoming more and more Christ-like, you are glorifying God. And that's what you're made to do. So when you're doing what what you are made to do, you are living into the very essence the very goal of your life to glorify God and to bear fruit is the badge that you wear on your life it is the evidence of being a follower of Christ they will know you by your love they will know you by how you treat others they will know you by how you interact with the world especially in times like this we've talked this year about how this is our 90 year anniversary as a church And one of the things that we've talked about is how we don't get to 90 years just poof like that. It takes 90 years of men and women being intentional with their walks, intentionally choosing to take a step of growth, intentionally choosing to continue to pursue the gospel, continue to proclaim the gospel, continue to be a light. It takes intentionality to get to that point. If you want to grow, if you want to take steps, if you want to grow in your faith and take a step in your faith, going to take intentionality. And as you do that, you are glorifying God, and you are proclaiming to the world you are a follower of Christ. We are called to abide in Jesus. We are called to bear fruit, bear much fruit. And the third thing we see that we are called to do is that we are called to be joy-filled. Look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. We abide in Christ so that we can bear fruit, so that we can love and serve others. And if we are doing those things, it will lead to joy. It is through the love of Christ that we see in verse 9 and 10 that we have the ability to abide and bear fruit and find joy. The love of Christ is a thing we need to grab grab onto and rest in. The love of Christ for you, the unconditional, sacrificial, tangible, real love. God loves you, loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. And he did so because Jesus loves you. We're told in verse 9 to abide, dwell in that love of Christ. How do we do that? We keep his commandments. We love God, we love people. We already talked about that. If you abide, then you will bear fruit. And if you are bearing fruit, that means you are obeying. And if you are doing that, you will have joy. You will have the joy of Christ. That joy will be full in you, will be complete in you, satisfactory, test worthy, trustworthy in you. Joy is a confidence of God's control in my life that leads me to trust Him and praise Him regardless of circumstances. Happiness and gladness, those things are good, those things are nice, and we need those. We need to find ways to be happy, ways to find uh, something to laugh at, something to chuckle at. But they aren't joy. They're a shadow of joy. They're a pointer to joy. Because those things are temporary. Those things are based on our circumstances, Whereas joy is deeper. Joy withstands the circumstances of our life. Joy celebrates God at all times. Joy can rest. Joy is able to rest because it is resting in God and his goodness. Joy can transcend the circumstances of life. And joy is a choice. You can look around at the world, and you can choose to just be overwhelmed and attacked by it. You can choose to say, I'm not going to trust God. I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to follow him until everything in my life gets easier, gets better. You might be waiting for a while. Because even after the smoke clears from all of this, we still have trials. Life continues. There are still hardships. There is still pain. So, yeah, you could sit and say, until my life gets much easier, I'm putting God to the side. Or you can choose to have joy here and now, the confidence in God's control in your life that allows you to trust him and praise him regardless of what's going on. Now, I'm not trying to minimize. I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I would never tell you your pain isn't real, that it doesn't hurt, that your suffering isn't real. But just because you are a Christian doesn't mean you will avoid hardship and pain. right? How does that end for Jesus? Jesus ends up on a cross, executed. But your suffering, your pain, it doesn't have to debilitate you. It doesn't have to destroy you. Paul tells us in Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He's writing that from a prison cell, locked up not knowing whether or not tomorrow was going to be his last day on earth. And in doing that, he tells the church, rejoice. Rejoice always, because Paul was not going to let his circumstances dictate his joy. We cannot let our circumstances dictate our joy, because your circumstances are going to try and steal your joy. And ultimately, your joy needs to come in response to God. Joy is a choice. It is a response to God, a response to his character, to his actions, to his promises. A few weeks ago, we studied the name Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. I said my hope and prayer at that time is that we would come to know enough about God, both intellectually and experientially, that when you run into trials and hardship, that you would have peace, that you would know who God is, not just facts and figures about who God is, but know him intimately and be able to trust and rest in him. At whatever level you may know him, that you would be able to be confident in who God is. Here now, we find ourselves at a time where we need to rely on, rest in, trust who God is. And as we do that, we not only find comfort and security and peace and rest, we will find that there is more and more of him to be known. There's always more of him to know, more deeper to get into that relationship. As we learn his characters, as we, His character, as we see him in action, we understand those promises he made. We grow more and more confident in him. We grow deeper and deeper in abiding in him, in dwelling in our relationship with him. And as we do that, we will bear fruit, even much fruit, Not because we are all that impressive, not because we're able to do something on our own, but because the very source of life is the one we are abiding in, the vine. The vine delivers to us all that we could possibly need to live the life we have been called to live, to love and serve others. Branches don't bear fruit to nourish the branch. The fruit nourishes others. And in every piece of fruit are seeds to be able to continue to reproduce more and more fruit. Jesus is the true vine. He is the source of life, comfort, and truth. If we want to do more than just get through this, more than just survive, then we got to get connected. we got to put our faith in Christ, in his life, death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins. Get connected. Stay connected. Pursue him like you would any other relationship. You want any relationship in your life to grow and to be thriving, you got to check in. you got to have conversation. You have to be intentional. Be intentional with your relationship with Christ. And as we are staying connected, he will produce fruit in us and he will fill us with joy. He is doing the work. We just need to abide in him. Just dwell in the goodness that is God. He's going to do the work in and through us. Even now, he is doing a work to prepare you for what he has for you. The opportunities and moments to be exactly what he has made you to be, the light of the world. But God is not just preparing you, because he also has work for you now. You are where you are for a purpose. Where you live, where you work your family, your friends, your neighborhood. It's not an accident. It's not by happenstance. It's not by dumb luck. It's God putting you where you need to be so that you can be a light of the world in those places. I know right now there's a lot on our minds, and there's some uncertainty, but there is no doubt, and there is nothing uncertain about the solid, grounded, sure, and steady strength of God. The life giving, protection providing, nurturing vine. So, brothers and sisters, abide in him. And as you abide in him, bear fruit. Bear much fruit. And be filled with joy. Not just be happy, not just be glad, but true and real joy found from being the branch receiving its life from the true and perfect and good vine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word, that this is nourishment, that this is food for our soul, that this is good. God, we thank you and praise you for not being distant or disconnected, but intimately involved, intimately connected to who we are, to what we are doing, what we are going through in this life. God, as we seek to know you more, to understand you more, Lord, I, I pray that you would, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. God, I pray that you would show up. God, you tell us if we knock, you'll answer the door. If we seek you, you will be found. And so, God, I ask that during this time, as we seek, as we knock, that you would reveal yourself. And Lord, I realize that not everyone is just stuck at home, that we have people even in our own community that are on the front lines, that are going to work every day, that are essential, that are a source of life and hope and peace for a lot of people. Lord, give them strength. Give them endurance. Give them the boldness to continue to be that light. Help those of us who aren't in that position, help us to be an, an encouragement and a source of, uh, a source of f- friendship and rest for those. Lord, I pray for anyone that is, doesn't know you, who is lost and confused and scared and trying to figure this all out on their own. Lord, I, I, I pray that they would come to know you this morning, right now. That they would admit that they can't do this on their own. That they would believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. God in the flesh. That they would believe that his death on the cross paid the penalty for their sins. That he died in their place and he rose again. Defeating sin and death and hell and the grave. That they would choose to put their faith in him for the forgiveness of their sins. That they would choose him as their Lord and Savior. Lord, grant to us that peace that surpasses all understanding. That we might be the lights of the world that you have made us to be. We pray all of these things because of Jesus and in his name. Amen.